Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about my feelings on Sea of Thieves Fest, uh, the memorandum that I've got for that, or the memoriam. Yeah, I think it's a memoriam. Uh, also, I want to talk about the latest couple videos that came out from Sea of Thieves. Um, what I've been doing lately, what it's been like coming back from vacation, I'm so happy to be back. I'm so happy to jump into Sea of Thieves news. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. But before I get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons because they are the ones that helped support me get to SOT Fest and to Fest of Legends. They are the ones that are supporting this content, helping take care of the bills as far as uh, paying for the services that you guys are, uh, that I'm using to be able to make this content for you. So thank you to People's Republic, LQ'd, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Chonky, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Jorby Jorbs, Carl Embo, Kazia the Aficionado, Nightstar, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Space Admiral Ors, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Norwegian, Raja the Brave, Registella the Brony Pirate, Replicated Flame, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, Tommy D, Tian Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Captain J Rat of the Flaming Cold Sore, The Lore Chronologist Deadeye Dre, Heger Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruskidu, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much for your love and your support. And shout out to Zam Wow for sending me a photo of him and Caleb, where Caleb looks like he is working for Best Buy as a Geek Squad member. That was cherished i'm gonna save that photo for later i hope you guys have a great uh week so far let's get into this episode First up on today's docket, let's talk about Sea of Thieves Fest 2023. This is the memoriam that I have for it. I miss it. It was a lot of fun, and I feel like I, I feel like if I if I do another Sea of Thieves Fest, which I probably won't do next year, um, I have a different way that I want to go about doing it because I I feel like. I missed a lot of the actual content for both of these fests, um, but at the same time, I can't complain because I spent a lot of time hanging out with folks uh, and chatting with them. And I think that I think at the end of the day, it's it's great that they have all the panels, that they have all the contests, the music, the podcasts, stuff like that, um, the the props and all the things you can buy. But at the end of the day, I think it, it, I really just go for the sake of meeting up with my friends um especially ones that i don't get to see either you know in in person on a regular basis um which is is you know pretty much none uh but the the ones that i don't get to see because they're so far away um and i'm i'm really glad that i got to go i'm really glad that i had this opportunity uh again i i think next year i will plan on going to festa legends uh, and I will work on getting a new PC because I desperately, I desperately need to get a new one. It's just at the point where I'm having trouble playing Sea of Thieves uh, in, in a way that feels good. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Sea of Thieves Fest. So um, first off, 
It was amazing that they let me have time on the stage. Um, there were two stages. It was uh, really smartly thought out as far as keeping the stages separate because uh, they, they had one area where they had like all the panels and then the other area was where they had everything set up for the music. And I was going to be included on the music section. Um, it was really great to have Shumba with me. I think he helped me out a ton. Um, it was really, really fun to have folks hanging out in in the actual uh, like like little chair section and stuff. Um, and I think if if I had a recommendation for Sea of Thieves Fest for 2024, um, some of the things that I noticed, which was really cool, but probably got missed by folks there was uh mike from skeleton comics the sea of Thieves portugal trading card stuff uh one of the photo shoot areas and then of course the guys that were working on the um which island was it crooks hollow uh i believe yeah crooks hollow uh they did a full like you know just a huge step up from the galleon's grave that they did last year and I felt really bad for them because they were tucked away in an area that was past all of the, the secondary seating for folks that wanted to get like order food and then go uh, and then sit down because where you ordered food, there wasn't any place to like sit, but there was enough sitting in the main panel area that I think most people kind of went there because I really didn't see it fill up where all of the tables where folks could have eaten uh, wanted to go. So I, I really wish that they had had been more in kind of a high traffic area just because the work that they do is so awesome and the, the time spent um, really, really deserved a lot of folks going over to actually see them. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. The after party was great being that it was at the actual venue. Uh, I'm glad that they didn't just burden a random pub in the area because if you were at Sea of Thieves Fest last year, it was a small, small pub um, that was just absolutely packed full. Like it was, it was standing room only. And uh, this time we had the whole kind of uh, huge room that was was available for the the main panel section. They had karaoke there and stuff, and they had a bunch of tables and a dance floor and stuff. And I think it just worked out better. They had two areas to get drinks, and it was really smartly smartly done. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, I do think that it would. Be good to have like two days but the amount of cost for that would would really bump the tickets up higher like you'd have to pay a lot more in ticket prices uh to be able to justify doing two days um i definitely think that tizzy uh tams would would do well to have a backup uh when it comes to like the hosting duties because with all the panels it's hard to kind of keep things in in line uh but it's also hard to make sure that you're getting enough time for other folks um having two stages is great i think it would be good to split up the panels between the two actual uh, uh the two actual stages that way if you wanted to have a q a section you could go a little bit longer and you know do like an hour but you know have people come up uh to the microphone and and to be able to um have like that moment where uh, the fans get to interact with their creators. You know, it's very important uh, to be able to to feel like they can approach them. And that was something that I, I think I saw this year as well, too, where folks wanted to actually go talk to different streamers. And but they were you know either busy talking to other people or they didn't feel comfortable being able to do that and having like a, a nice meet and greet station, which was there. Um, but I don't know how utilized it was, because, again, I was kind of hanging out with most of the people that I was actually 
um, there with. So I I know that a lot of folks would, would really uh, probably appreciate something like that. Um, with those Q&As, every time I've gone to a convention, there's always been a giant kind of sign that says like, hey, don't ask for personal information. Don't ask for shipping addresses or to, to, to pass on gifts. Um, you know, please be respectful and keep it related to the content that they make. Um, don't, you know, don't be weird for all intents and purposes. Just don't be asking like, you know, personal questions, things like that. So that I think would help kind of temper some of the um, concerns around offering a microphone up for fans. You know, obviously, when you do something like that, there's usually like a front row of chairs that are sectioned off just for Q&A questions. And once those chairs fill up, uh, that's typically like the cutoff. Like they usually say like, okay, well, no one beyond anyone that was in a chair for here like that. Try and be respectful, making sure that you're not asking multiple questions when you're up at the microphone. Uh, otherwise, you have to get back in line. Things like that. Um, the the vendors were fantastic. Holy cow. The prop makers, shout out to them. Um, there was uh, no room in my luggage. Um, I took one one backpack and a carry-on uh, for my stuff. And and my wife and I, uh, we, we basically did the same thing because we don't like checking luggage. It's just, it's, it's too nerve-wracking to try and check luggage when you're going across seas to make sure that it actually gets there, especially when you have connecting flights. You never know what's going to happen with that. So we always try to avoid that um, and just kind of live off of the two bags that we can take with us on the plane. So I had no no space for any kind of props or anything. I would have loved to, to have been able to do that, um, but this it's just not in the cards. I would have had to like just, it, it's usually easier for me just to order the stuff from them directly online and have it get shipped out. But man, the props were in rare form. Uh, Lizzo LaRue had uh, just built a ton of amazing props. Um, Chloe Source was there. She had a ton of stuff. She was with her twin sister, which was crazy didn't realize that she had a twin sister um but that was really awesome fox die obviously one of my favorites uh had a whole bunch of stuff and lizard larue she had um these these uh glass orbs that were tied uh you know fill, filled with little goo in them like glowy goo and a light that that kind of emulated some of those um globes that you see around the the world and sea thieves that were kind of like the two different colors like the green and blue or uh you know, you know like the red and blue um in seeing those i was like man <laughs> i would have loved to have had those uh because they just look so good they're such a good set piece uh for for like having something in the background and it was just really beautiful really absolutely beautiful um i, I managed to get one copy of my card for the cfe's portugal trading card company i'm so proud of that it's such a, a beautiful honor to be included in that group um it was so nice to meet so many people like thunder crash uh and night star as well as dre um just it, like like carl uh so so many folks uh, that that i got to meet over you know like skamelt and his girlfriend like so many folks came up said hi um either either wanted to to kind of chat about cfe's or just you know meet me and, and and that's like that's just not something that you're used to in life you, i don't i don't know if anyone actually ever gets used to that because it's such a, a cool moment to get to meet people who have been you know with you uh in in a sense like they've been with you for years or months or days doesn't matter uh but knowing that you know they have been um there enjoying cthu's community as well you you're already on a on a equal playing level as far as like you know what we have in common so it's so great to see that and by the way i i did check um 
and uh, I, I got a lot of photos of people, but I didn't get nearly as many as I was actually hoping. So if there are photos that we took together, I would love to actually get those for my own personal like photo library collection and stuff because it's just it's 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 hard to kind of keep up with people and stuff. So if you were at SOT Fest or Festival Legends for that matter, and we got a photo together, um, please hit me up on on Twitter or in in email or in the Discord. Um, I would love to get copies of those for my own personal like little library for for SOT Fest because I just I, I know that there are probably some that I have that. Um, I, I, you always think you take more photos than you actually do. <laughs> I, I got done with SOT Fest and I was scrolling through my photo library and I was sitting there thinking like, I felt like I took a lot more photos. I feel like there were like a lot more people that I got photos with, but it, I don't have like hardly anything right now. And it's super weird. So it would be really weird for me to go to SOT Fest to, to be able to spend time and not talk about my interactions with the devs. Um, I had such a good time. Uh, one kind of um, uh, scaring Joni. I, I feel like I got a good proper scare in him. Um, so I'm pretty sure he is like completely done with me, which is, is hilarious, but it's my own fault because I, want, <laughs> I wanted to, to kind of uh, uh, poke at him a little bit because there's that it's a parasocial relationship. Joe doesn't, Joe doesn't, you know, know much about me and I don't know much about him. It's just a see thieves interaction and stuff, but, uh, it was good to kind of like, it was, it was very kind of him to sign. Um, cause I have my physical copy of see thieves. I got him and Mike to sign that. Uh, and after he signed it, I showed him my house in animal crossing where for years, uh, back when the game like first came out back in 2020, um, I found out like how to actually get really good photos like converted into patterns on Animal Crossing. So I took the pirate photos of like Joe and Mike just to kind of test it out. And I had had their their portraits like up in my Animal Crossing house since 2020. And it's so dumb. and It's so creepy. I totally understand if he doesn't ever want to talk to me again. Uh, but I genuinely appreciate just how cool he was uh, at SOT Fest. Um, I got to run back into George Orton. Uh, which was fantastic. It was so cool to kind of walk around with him around the uh, the actual SOT Fest grounds. We went and we talked about Ted Lasso. Uh, we talked about the event in general. We got to check out the huge map that they had uh, built out that looks like the world map for, you know, like all the different continents and stuff, but it's in Sea of Thieves theme uh, map table stuff. So we kind of hung out there for, for a little bit and just chatted I, I really, I, I had such a good time talking to them about stuff that wasn't Sea of Thieves related. I think that was one of my favorite things was I got to talk to some of the devs and it was really nice to get to kind of hang out with them uh, on a level that didn't necessarily have to be about Sea of Thieves. You know, I wasn't bugging them about design stuff. I wasn't bugging them about, you know, like bugs or fixes or things like that. I kind of got to talk to them about stuff that I knew that they were interested in that I was interested in in as well. And it's it's nice because I think at the end of the day, like they're there to have fun. They're they know that they're going to be popular, but they they also probably just think of it as like a job that they love to do. And they have other passions, you know, they they have other loves and stuff. So getting to talk to them about that 
um, really was just, it was, it was fun. It was, it was nice to be able to do that. Cause I think at the end of the day, that's what I appreciate about them is, is that they're full regular human beings with other interests and desires that we don't always get to talk about and getting a chance to do that in person. There's nothing better than that. Um, getting to have that like personal moment to just be like, oh, you know what? Let's, let's talk about something, not see of these and, and see what you're into. Um, speaking of, I got to, uh, sit down and actually have a conversation with Andy Preston. Um, it was short. He was hanging around, uh, most of the other Sea of Thieves devs and I wanted to, you know, try and be cool and respectful about his time, but I got to talk about hourglass battles. Um, and it mostly because of, you know, me dealing with the, the, you know, the, the, the anxiety that I deal with when it comes to actually winning and losing a battle, you know, that heightened uh heartbeat that i have to that i have to constantly sit there and just like push down and temper and be like it's okay it's gonna be fine it's all right we'll deal with it if we lose we lose kind of deal and i got to talk to him about locking things behind level 100 because i think this is one of the the one things that i was like mm, i'm a little i'm a little upset that the areas themselves are locked behind level 100 like you have to get to 100 to be able to check out the new zones and with getting to talk to him I, I i see where they're coming from um i still have my hopes and dreams that it would get adjusted but at the same time i also respect that that's the choice that they made that's the choice that they wanted to make and they wanted it to be something that was momentous for people and knowing why they wanted to do it that way helps me kind of deal with the fact that you know what i want is is not going to satisfy me the way that they want me to be satisfied when I finally get to actually hit level 100. Um, so I, I told him, you know, I would, I would have loved to have seen the opportunity for us to be able to go into those areas at a certain level, but before level 100, just to be able to see what's going on. Kind of the way that like, you know, when you're, when you hit pirate legend, you can't buy all of the cosmetics that are available for the Athena's fortune stuff. Um, you know, like the ghost stuff, but you can at least see it there and you know like that's a goal um and i and i kind of wanted that for hourglass battle zones and like be able to get that um i also let them know that i would love to see more cosmetics come in between level 200 and 1000 and an interesting fact that actually came as a result of that conversation was i found out that with the skeleton curse believe it or not the cosmetics that they have currently available all of those aside from the base curse and the level 1000 curse were completely like shoved in at the very last minute like and i and i don't mean shoved in in a bad way i mean like they didn't plan on having any additional cosmetics for the skeleton curse beyond what the skeleton curse was and the 1000 uh, level reward and someone at the team maybe a few people came together really put in a lot of love and time and managed to really kind of crank out what's available right now and i know i've seen a lot of folks kind of upset that you know th there aren't any additional um cosmetics available right now you know there aren't any beards available or facial hair available for the skeletons you know they really want that um and it's tough when looking at like the ghost curse where you can genuinely look how you want to look and still use the curse whereas with the skeleton one it is very much a set number of different ones. So to find out that at the 11th hour, basically, when they were about ready to ship uh, and, and lock down the code for Hourglass, so for season eight, 
to know that that was all done so late in development that they originally did not plan for it and they still managed to get it in is so cool to see that they they genuinely care they genuinely want there to be stuff for folks to enjoy they genuinely are pushing to get stuff there and it's always that kind of tug of war battle of time versus uh release schedule you know like how how much time can they dedicate to something before they have to hit a release date and you you know I'm going to talk about it in in the uh, the podcast uh, that we heard recently from from Sea of Thieves. But Mike had talked about you know you can't hold on to content; you just have to release it. There's a, a there's a point where if you hold on, everything is going to get messed up, and you have to release content at some point. Um, so it was really great to talk to him about that, especially as someone who struggles with with hourglass battles. I have trouble with that. You know, it's something that I want to complete it's something that i want to do uh but it's it's going to be one of those longer term goals for me um because of how i how i how i have to deal with it you know so shout out to andy preston for being able to to you know take the time uh to talk with me about it it it, it means the world i've always wanted to have him and shelly you know kind of together on a, on the podcast to be able to to kind of pick their brain as, as like two huge parts of the of the the design team for Sea of Thieves, especially in Shadow, because you know it, we we recently found out that Chris Davies, who was at Rare for ten years as part of that design team, you know, working with Mike, he has he stepped away from Sea of Thieves. He's moved away from Rare, which is kind of it's kind of crazy. Just like he's you know he's been there for ten years. Uh, and see if he's just like hitting stride after stride. And it seems I, 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 wherever he goes, I really hope that he has a great time. And it was a big step up from where he was or where he could be with see if he's because if you think about it, there's only there's only so many places you can go <laughs> in the see if he's design team, you know, there's Mike and then there's everyone below Mike. So he was already kind of like capped out at where he could be without taking over Mike's role or becoming a co-creative director for Sea of Thieves. And, you know, I think honestly, if if he got a good job somewhere else doing something that he feels passionate about, I'm very curious to see what that is because I really respect the work that he did for Sea of Thieves. Um, it was really, really great to hear that send off in the, in the Sea of Thieves podcast as well, too. Uh, trying to think. Who else? Oh, while I was talking to Andy, uh, the voice of Sea of Thieves, um, John McMurtry, snuck up behind me and grabbed me by the shoulders. Uh, and it was it was like it was heaven, dude. It was it was like I'm surrounded by all the devs and I'm just like, oh, this is so cool, man. I love these people. These people are so awesome. The work that they're doing is great, but to see to see John McMurtry and actually in person and stuff after getting to work with him, uh, not only for the 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 intros that he did for me, but also in the interview that I've had with him, um, and just generally being able to like DM him and be like, "Hey, how's it going? I hope you're doing well." Uh, <laughs> it's such a it's such a cool thing to be able to see him in person. He's too tall, though. I will say. Um, handsome fellow but a little tall you know i mean i'm six foot you know him him and mike uh it's just you know andy's good andy's a good height john a little bit too tall same thing with uh mcfarlane um 
I just, I, I don't know why you got these, these really tall guys working over at rare. It's a little intimidating. Uh, but I, I really liked getting to meet with him. Uh, it was fantastic to meet John McFarlane in person, uh, and to find out that he has, uh, the, the, um, I can't remember what the name of it is. It's like the, the scene from X-Men first class where, you know, Xavier's hitting on the chick, but she's got the different colored eyes. John McFarlane has different colored eyes and they're freaking beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really funny because I wasn't, I was just kind of talking to him and just kind of seeing like how he was doing and whatnot. And there was that moment where I registered that he had two different eye colors and he noticed that I registered that that was it. And I was like, and I bring it up. He's like, yeah, I saw when you noticed. And I was like, yeah, they're cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause it's just, you don't, you don't really get to, you don't notice that when you're actually like looking at it like years i've been watching see these videos for years i have never noticed this and i don't know if it's because and i'm watching in 4k 60 all right like you can you can sit there and you can be like oh well you should probably turn up the resolution on the youtube video i'm doing that all right i just never noticed but getting to see him in person that was fantastic him and mcmurtry good friends really love seeing both of them there as well and really just them getting to to be at sea of these fest you know like they've 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 done e3s they've done twitch cons they've done you know games comms stuff like that but having an event that is just for their game in celebration of the community and the dev team together like i i don't know how many games get that you know how many games get that and not only that but how many games get that on different continents as well too like this is in their backyard but we've also got festa legends too which is another huge community event and for sea thieves just for sea so i always i'm always sitting there thinking like you know phil spencer sarah bond uh you know matt booty aaron greenberg y'all if you guys ever listen to this i first off i love you but secondly y'all need to be paying attention to these community events yes you can't sanction them i get it it's a liability there's a, a lot of legal stuff that prevents you from being able to do that but this is like sea of thieves like pillar franchise for xbox man y'all need to be like promoting this stuff retweeting it you know sharing it talking about it saying how cool it is stuff like that let people know how awesome sea of thieves community is because it is really awesome i know we have detractors out there there's hackers and stuff like that i'm choosing not to focus on that because genuinely at the heart of the community most of the people i've ever run into are fantastic and there will always be other people who are jealous of what other people are doing and they will always try to take that away from them but as long as you know the 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 people that are out there making content cultivating the community keep to the pirate code it will genuinely be a fantastic community for years to come and it was really great to actually see the first thing you see when you walk into see these fest after you get your lanyard is a giant poster board that they've printed out custom pirate code for see these fest and it's basically just saying like everyone is welcome to see these fest and it goes through all of the different rules and see these uh pirates uh, the the code that you see like every time you walk out of a tavern you walk by the pirate code and to see that for sot fest and to see all of the signatures from the people that came on that board uh it was really cool it was really kind of see to, to to see the sign off 
of of the of the like the rules, like the terms of service, basically for the Sea of Thieves Fest. So it was, it was really fantastic. Um, and I think the last thing I want to end on is, of course, my conversation with Mike Chapman. Um, this year I was much more restrained about going to approach him. Last year I I feel like I monopolized his time. I hung around him. I was like a you know, like a fly around food or, you know, at a picnic. And uh, it, this year I decided to hang out, kind of observe what was going on. The, the, the dude was mauled, basically. Like he did not make it more than 10 steps into the main area before people just descended upon him, flocked to him queued up. They made their own queue to be able to, to get, to be able to talk to him. He got a ton of gifts. He signed a ton of stuff uh but at the end he got tons of photos and stuff like that <clears throat> finally uh uh mark lee came over grabbed him said that he would be right back but he had to like show him the rest of the actual like sea of these fest grounds because he had not made it into the actual like area to be able to go do stuff and i genuinely don't think he even got to really like walk around a whole lot i think he got to do one trip over to like the crooks hollow lego set and that was basically <laughs> it after he had been Carted away because so many people really wanted to talk to Mike and he was generous the whole time he was there. He was absolutely generous. He was honestly like one of the, he's one of the few people that you can talk to and he will give you not only the full attention, uh, but will be invested in what you're saying. And that is, that is a rare treat to meet someone who has that amount of uh, patience and empathy uh, for, for folks, because you don't find that very often. Most other folks tend to, um, have, have trouble being able to give themselves over to the conversation that well. And Mike is, is just a, a fantastic dude and he can spin well, like he knows how to PR speak when it comes to see thieves, but when you get him in person, you get to actually sit down and talk with him for a little bit. It's fantastic because he wants to tell you things. He wants to give you a heads up, but he also doesn't want to ruin the surprise too. So I got to actually talk with him later in the day. It was great because uh, he remembered one of the questions that I had asked him on Twitter and actually answered it. Uh, so that was that was amazing. And I'll be I'll be touching on what we talked about a little bit um, in in the actual coverage of the SOT podcast because it kind of plays into some of the different topics that they covered that I want to cover. Uh, but genuinely, like. The dude is is a, a consummate professional, um, very, very clear about like why he's there um, to, to meet with community members and stuff like that. And for those of you that don't know or didn't notice on on social media, um, I got the opportunity to give Mike a gift and a lot of people gave him gifts. It was one of the the things that I had found at an anime convention like months and months earlier, right? And inside, uh, I got one for myself too because I absolutely just love it. But it is a little music box in a small little wooden tinder box that has kind of wood burnt um, picture on the inside of the lid. And it's of Davy Jones. And the music box inside plays the music from the locket in Davy Jones or like the Davy Jones locket right and it's beautiful it, it sounds perfect it's it's a really cute little image uh of, of Davy Jones kind of like woodworked into the actual box um and I wanted to give it to him because I know first off he's a huge you know huge fan of Pirates of the Caribbean uh but I know 
Davy Jones and the the sirens uh, connected because of of their lost love, you know, like because of the 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 sorrow that they had, you know, the the emptiness that they lived with, they were completely alone. And knowing that those two lore bits were were tied together for Sea of Thieves forever through a pirate's life, and knowing that. And this was kind of cool. It was it was confirmation of, of the idea uh, based on hearing about how hard it was for, you know, stuff with uh, other legal issues that they had to go through, other legal hoops that they had to go through to be able to get um, stuff from like, uh, like different, like basically anything that ties to Pirates of the Caribbean. There's a lot of legal hoops that you have to jump through uh, and trying to get those within a certain time frame is extremely difficult because you're dealing with lawyers and creatives uh, that are not used to the game industry and how that system works. It's a lot easier to work with uh, legal matters when it comes to other games and other game studios, which is why Monkey Island is so much easier of a prospect for them compared to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. So knowing how hard they worked after talking to him to be able to get that song, to get the rights for that song and Yoho, Yoho, Pirate's Life for Me, to be able to, to, to get that music into the game um, and knowing how hard he worked for that, it was such such an honor to be able to, to bring him something that that was so such a beautiful piece of music, but also so intrinsically tied to the future and the, the past of Sea of Thieves. It was it was amazing. I felt so good about being able to give that to him, knowing like the importance behind it and hearing him just really enjoy it. So I, I, I love that, but, uh, we, we had a really good time, um, chatting for the short amount of time that we did. I, uh, you know, it was really nice to be able to have my wife there to see, you know, like just, <laughs> just how, how happy I was to actually get to, uh, meet him again, but also to get to introduce him to my wife too. That was amazing. It was great to actually meet uh, the devs and actually get to introduce them to my wife. It was it was beautiful. It was like, hun, these these people here have impacted my life in in such positive ways that they are just another person to you and I. And I totally understand why it's it's not like it, it's it's hard to kind of convey it like you know it's like trying to tell someone that you won the lottery without them having any concept of what the lottery is right like you know it's a hard thing to do you know it's really rare for that kind of thing to happen but they have no basis for comparison so it's really difficult to kind of convey how how amazing that moment is in the moment um but it was it was really beautiful to have that it was really beautiful to get to talk to mike and to get information about major issues that i had uh with the game and know that those are going to be addressed they're aware of them and they've got plans for how to address it uh that some of it <clears throat> Some of it they haven't talked about, so I'm not going to reveal that because it's not my place. Uh, and then some of it they have, which is kind of taking me to the SOT podcast. Um, so let me take a break. Let me get something to drink and we'll jump back into the Sea of podcast and my thoughts on what they talked about there because it came out like right, right before Sea of Fest. Next up on today's docket, the Sea of Thieves podcast episode 12 with community questions came out right before uh, Sea of Thieves Fest. I did not get to listen to all of it. 
uh, as I was, I was on vacation. Um, so I wanted to talk about it now, now that I've had a chance to listen through it, uh, gather some thoughts on there and just kind of break it down step by step. I thought there was some really, really interesting stuff in this episode, um, especially especially given that we finally got some answers with um, a couple of the big topics that I honestly was really surprised by. So it was great to actually see that. Uh, first off, amazing reference to the cello case with Timothy Dalton, Bond reference. Appreciate that, Mike. Uh, then they got into talking about Monkey Island. Um, and after getting to talk to Mike, it was revealed that uh, at, at SOT Fest that Captain Kate Capsize will be our new castaway for the Monkey Island Tall Tales. Um, and I'm really glad to hear that because uh, she is part of the second Monkey Island game. Um, currently, I have finished up Return to Monkey Island, uh, which is the most recent game. And I am about 75% through The Secret of Monkey Island. And I've, I've really enjoyed going through these games. Um, I found out that there was a hint system, plus I've been streaming these. So I've had folks drop in wanting to help out as well, too, which has been great when I need it uh, and definitely appreciate everyone's respect for wanting to, to give me the opportunity to, to figure it out on my own. Um, Return to Monkey Island. Wow. What an existential game that is, uh, you know, especially if you go through after the end through the scrapbook, um, it really did kind of call out the ending uh, because the the ending itself was a bit of an interesting situation for me. I was not expecting what happened. I was very surprised and taken aback by it. But after listening to not only what was in the scrapbook, uh, but also listening to what um, Marley had to say about it, uh, as well as what Guybrush had to say about it in their, to, you know, to their son. Um, and then what kind of happened afterwards, it really did kind of make me realize that games are there to give you an experience, to give you an opportunity to have feelings and emotions and stuff. And it doesn't necessarily have to matter what the end is like the, the ending to the story or the ending to a game doesn't necessarily have to be the, like something that you experience to still derive enjoyment from the game. Um, I think I've, I've, I've come to terms with that. Like I've played through a lot of games, but I haven't finished as many of those. And at a certain point, I think I just kind of get to a point where I'm satisfied with that game. Like I've, I've played through enough of it. I've had a good time. I I feel like I've earned what I wanted from it uh, monetarily. Like, I feel like I've gotten my money's worth out of it, if you want to put it in those terms. And at the end of the day, it's it's kind of like me going back to my regular staples, finding the games that I, I have as my live service games, uh, because I think that those are the ones that the gameplay loop is good enough that I enjoy going out and engaging with those over and over and over again, even if there is no end to it so to play a single player game where you are working towards a goal you're working towards a goal you're working towards a goal and then you get to the very end and you realize that the goal was not actually the purpose that, that you know you you question why you do stuff in life you know why you're driving to do something what are your goals that you're working towards and you you want to hope that by the end of it the 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 means justified the end and sometimes that's just not what happens. Sometimes what happens is you get to the end and you realize what you what you wanted to get out of it was not what you had sought at the beginning. 
um, or, or maybe the cost of what it took to get there was so high that after a certain point, you realized you were just so deep in, in deeply invested in what you were doing that you lost sight of, of what the point of it was or, or what the goal of it was. So it was really, it was really interesting to kind of get to the end and realize like, yeah, I got to the end and, and did I get the answer I want? No, but I still had a really good time with the game. And I know a lot of folks um, were originally kind of taken aback by the change in art style uh, to the point where it actually really kind of drove away uh, the creator from being able to want to engage with people online about that. But I have to say, I actually really love the art style uh, and I think it serves the story well given the type of story that it is uh, and, and, and what you what you derive from it. Um, then to kind of jump over to Secret of Monkey Island, uh, I've been playing through the special edition version uh, that has the voice acting and the, the different graphics and stuff like that. And I've been kind of hopping between the two and uh, I really enjoy it. Um, there was a point where I realized that I had been playing for about seven and a half hours straight and my brain had turned to mush and I just... I was not processing stuff critically the way you need to when it comes to these type of puzzle puzzle games. So I, I realized I needed to take a break. I needed to recharge so I could come back fresh to finish it up. Uh, but I made it through most of the game and I, I was actually really enjoying a lot of what was going on. There were definitely parts where I was just absolutely stuck. And I'm grateful to not only the uh, Twitch chat who were helping me out, but also to um, the hint system that is uh, built into those uh, to be able to give me just enough to be able to push forward with it. And at the end of the day, I got to say, I have really fallen in love with these characters, you know, like there's there's something there's something great about how goofy these characters are and the stuff that they're doing that I just I, I don't know, like I, I really love LeChuck's crew. I, th I think their crew is hilarious. I think it's funny that uh, they they go through so much for him um, that they, they're just like, okay, well, I guess this is what we're doing. Uh, but also just how, how Devil May Care Guybrush is with everything that he does and how willing to uh, just ignore the consequences of what he's doing for the sake of obtaining the the goal, the end goal of it. Uh, and, and it's funny because like in Secret of Monkey Island... There's also this existential question of like, why do you even want to find the secret of Monkey Island? Like, what is it about the secret of Monkey Island that you think is going to improve your life? And it's just it's it's such an interesting, such an interesting game, um, you know, like working towards something and, and, and hearing that a lot of that was kind of building off of the life and the story of the creators themselves as they were building the game. Just very unique. Uh, very unique in games in general. So we've just really been enjoying that. Been so excited to get into uh, the the Tall Tale, the first Tall Tale for um, the Legend of Monkey Island, uh, which is coming out on the twentieth. And just to see like what folks are are excited about with this, like see if if other folks that maybe haven't played the game uh, really get a kick out of this, because I think that the idea of going to melee island um because of lechuck trapping guybrush in a memory in sea of thieves is is fresh uh it's a fresh take on on the the normal dichotomy between these two characters you know the the battle that they're in the nemesis relationship that they have and uh i'm really excited to kind of see like all of the different characters that are in there like which characters are going to be brought in what are they going to do i really i'm i'm looking forward to jumping into 
the other Monkey Island games to be able to get in touch with like Murray after after playing the game and enjoying his uh, return to Monkey Island and getting to enjoy his uh, type of humor and stuff. Really looking forward to that. Um, but just overall, I think Sea of Thieves, I think honestly Rare is going to nail this experience. And for fans of Monkey Island, this will be a step into a world that you've never really been able to take as far as I know. And that in and of itself, along with the music and the themes and knowing that it's going to tie into the, to the story of Sea Thieves as well. I just, I think this is going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm really excited to see like what we get out of this. I'm really excited to hear what other people say about it as well too. Like, will other people resonate with this? Have anyone else, uh, has anyone else really gone through the other games as well too? Um, I think playing through the games and just getting a sense of like the relationship between everyone uh, has really, really, really opened up the world to me. I'm really, really happy about that. Uh, and I'm glad that I'm doing it like right before we get the first tall tale, just because of the, a little bit of recency bias there, obviously, but also just, I think it's going to be fun to kind of like be up to date with the characters and the situations and stuff and be able to jump into that and see what happens with that. So really, really fun uh, to hear them talk about that. They also talked about season 10. Uh, why it was delayed. Um, and a lot of it has to do because of the issues that they ran into with captaincy that they wanted to make sure that they didn't happen, uh, have happen again. And because of how big this season is going to be, which funny enough is two to three weeks out now, I think it's the first week of August. We genuinely still don't know, uh, what this season is going to be about now. I personally have been spoiled a bit on what this is. Um, folks have talked about it around me. They've been referencing it like in sales or, or in person. So I kind of I know like what we're getting in season 10 as far as like the big feature, which I'm glad that they're delaying it if that's the case. I don't fully understand what's coming or like how it works because I haven't actually gotten my hands on it. So I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Uh, because of that, because uh, for me, I don't have enough context to understand what it means with what we're getting. Like I get the concept of it and it's, and I'm excited because it's something I've been looking forward to for a while. Uh, but I don't know how it's all going to work. And I don't really need to know because I I'm, I'm obviously, I'm still kind of waiting for monkey Island right now. And then we'll deal with, you know, season 10 after that. Uh, but also it, it's insider stuff. So I don't want to I don't want to get spoiled on that so much. So it's been really cool to kind of see like the anticipation of what people are going to do with this. Um, I'm looking forward to figuring it out myself, but until we get it, it's really hard to kind of speak about it because I, I genuinely don't know all the details, but I do hope that we get a video soon. Um, I reached out to see if we were getting a video in, in this coming week and I haven't heard back. So hopefully we'll hear something after the first tall tale. I imagine the, the week right before it goes live for season 10, we'll probably get a full, like a full breakdown video because they're usually pretty, pretty spot on about that. But uh, currently just excited, just excited to see how this works, how it goes and stuff like that. Really, really enjoying it um right now just as as far as like seeing the anticipation from the devs and seeing that people are excited about it it's just such a cool moment
One of the other questions that came up regarded UI changes. Now, this is something if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know, I have had my issues with the UI. I think it's cluttered. I think that there's a lot of things that can be done to help kind of consolidate information and also open up spaces so that more relevant information can be brought forward so that it's not layers deep into uh, other menus. Um, For example, I think that our inventory and our equipment tabs could be combined if you were to uh, look at the current UI that we have for barrels. We have an inventory for ourselves and we have an inventory for the barrel. We usually transfer items between the two. Take that same layout and apply that for the inventory that we have and the equipment. You can choose your equipment through the actual menu. You can choose your inventory directly from the menu. It can save you in the event of an issue going on with your controller or your keybinds. But at the end of the day, it's all accessing the same information. It's stuff that is currently on your pirate. And I think if you take the two panel kind of design that is currently for barrels and you apply that to your equipment and to your inventory, you could free up one of those tabs. Take that tab and then turn that into something that is specifically designed around surfacing events, adventures, and seasonal content uh, with like the plunder pass and stuff, stuff that is going to change on a regular basis. Um, That way you have easy access to current and most recent uh, uh, content with the game right there as its own tab. No longer are you having to choose between your reputation and your seasonal pass and then go into seasonal pass and then go into events and then go into special events and then all that like try and break up some of that stuff. Try and build that out. So uh, even if you were to take just the seasonal content with like the different um, events and you were to break it out so you have seasonal pass as one large a horizontal bar that goes on top and then you broke out um, daily stuff as well as special events on two smaller sur- or two smaller square squares that encompass the width of the top long horizontal panel you could then break that stuff up and make it a little quicker to dive into so if you wanted to check your progress on an event or say like an adventure it would be higher as opposed to lower in the uh, uh, hierarchy of, of how many levels deep do you have to go into the UI. I also think you could take the adventures and combine them with uh, the, the seasonal content or combined it with the tall tales and the voyages currently you have tall tales voyages and captain stuff all of that you could consolidate um, all into one kind of thing like if you had voyages and captain voyages just mush those together into one have uh tall tales be their own thing that is next to adventures and that way you can go and it's there's a lot of different ways that I could probably mock this up if I wanted to take the time and do it in Photoshop. Um, it's it's definitely feasible, but I'm glad to hear that they're aware that that a lot of this stuff needs to be surfaced to new or returning players a lot easier. It's five years into the game. They recognize that and they're working to do that. One of the things that they talked about was a reputation change that's going to come in that's going to probably take a look at the way build rat adventures are designed or like tall tale adventures are designed and have those smaller blocks that are kind of 
shown on the screen. I think it's, um, I can't remember if it's nine or 12 that are currently on like the main menu. But when you go into the build rat adventures and it shows like all of the different build rat adventures, having that, but just for the reputations will significantly improve the experience there as opposed to having to scroll down a long list of, of ones and hoping that they load properly. Having them all surfaced right from the start uh, will help you be able to get into those as well because at the same time each of those different factions is where you have to go in to get into your uh your seasonal uh, um, um allegiance is it allegiance no your seasonal why do i always forget what this is called i looked it up because i don't ever think about it unless i'm actively working on it it's the emissary ledgers having those surface <laughs> So I can actually look at those on a regular basis. Um, that kind of information needs to be present with like the seasonal pass. That needs to be something that people have quick access to. Same thing with events. So I think like emissary ledgers, uh, seasonal renown, um, and then what else did I say? I just said, I just said uh, events. Those are like uh, in events in sense of like adventures and events. Like those two things should be the things that are currently surfaced um, alongside this other stuff because it is the most relevant. Build Round Adventures, uh, you know, reputations, all of that stuff is all very passive. Commendations are all very passive. They're on-demand access um, whenever you need it, but the stuff that you want to get to, I think is the stuff that you want to keep progress checks on when you're playing from session to session. And I also, I still think that there needs to be a place for you to be able to. So like we have our captain's log and the captain's log is where we have all of the different uh, milestones for our ship that we want to pin to that specific thing. I want to have something in the UI that allows me to do that for commendations. So if there's commendations that I'm working on that are, uh, you know, like catch certain number of fish, I want to be able to check that very quickly without having to dive into the reputation and then the actual commendations and then to the correct page. Like that's four levels, four or five levels deep that I have to go just to check the progress. Whereas if it was something pinned to that reputation page, then all I would have to do is open up the menu, go to the reputation page, click on that reputation and have it right there pinned, showing me how many stinking uh, uh, fish I need to finish up my Devil Roars achievements, things like that. So um, those knowing that they're working on it is uh, is, is great, though. I, I love that we're actually seeing changes in conversation around it because genuinely for the most part these are all things that unless asked they don't really give us information about like they don't really talk about this on regular updates or anything so if we don't find out through these podcasts there's not usually a good way for us to find out and that kind of goes into the next one that they talked about which is where is flameheart we've been waiting for a while for a while now uh he's been resurrected and according to Mike, uh, he is planning his return and that there will be kind of story elements in the Monkey Island, the Legend of Monkey Island, uh, tall tales that will tie to Flameheart. Obviously, this feels like it's it's tied, obviously, to LeChuck. Um, we had the tie in with Davy Jones and the ferryman, two ferrymen that ferry souls from one place to the other. Um, Flameheart and LeChuck are essentially, you know, kind of the same sign, kind of the same entity. Um, I think LeChuck probably has a little bit better rep than than Flameheart, but maybe that's just 
my experience compared to what I have with Flameheart. Um, but I'm glad to hear that they are planning something big and not just like a, oh, it's another boss fight. Oh, it's another gold hoarder. Oh, it's another Ashen Lord. They want to do something epic with Flameheart. And knowing that they that they want to do that, I'm willing to give them the time because we've already waited, you know, five years. It's It's not going to be a big deal to wait another year or two years before we finally have like that epic moment with Flameheart because after that it's like who's next you know Hogarth the the Flameheart the Gold Hoarder 2.0 after that they got into talking about adventures which I'm actually really glad that they addressed this because there was some kind of I, I feel like a lot of people felt kind of bummed about a lot of the adventures. I still had a pretty good time with them. Um, they've been a, a little bit of a mix between just lore versus uh, just adventure. And it looks like they're trying to bring them a little bit more into doing stuff as opposed to just going around to do stuff to find out what the story is which is is kind of if we're being honest a little more in tune with the word adventure right uh so some changes that are coming as a result of the feedback that they've had with all the adventures that they've done is that they realize that these are doing well they're they're doing very well with folks people are looking forward to them but because of how costly they are they want to make sure that people are getting something out of it um also dean who is in the the video for this has a fantastic mario half sleeve tattoo it's really cool looking i, I would love to actually see that um and for some reason all the people that get tattoos or have tattoos like prominent uh they're always on the right side of the table obviously because like mike and joe are usually on the left side but everyone that they bring in um as like a, a as another panel tends to have a lot of tattoos uh just figured I'd, I'd point that out for some reason as someone who loves tattoos uh so anyway the world um that we know is is constantly moving forward because of the adventures uh and mike had talked about how this was a great opportunity for them to introduce bell uh but if we're being honest Mike, I, I think we need to know more about who Belle is. Like, we really don't know anything about where she came from, why she's here, what the point of her helping us is. Like, what is what is the story with Belle? Because all we know is that there's a relationship between her and Ramsey, and that's it. So I would love if we actually got some adventures or even just like some comics or something that kind of gave us a little more background about who bell is and stuff like that um just to give us a, a basis for folks that don't read anything outside of the game like there needs to be a a tall tale adventure where it's uh or, or a not a tall tale adventure an adventure kind of three-part storyline that explains bell's history and why she's helping us and maybe that's something that's coming uh, as a result of the, the soon adventures that are going to be wrapping up with um, Tasha and, and uh, oh my gosh, Briggsy's story, because obviously that is still kind of lingering as we're still trying to figure out like what's going to happen. The orb has been gone for a while, so uh, hopefully Tasha's like hopefully something's going on with that. But it feels like there's a story that got abandoned and uh and and, and it, a lot of it does tie to characters that i actually really like um and and if, if we're going to be introducing you know other characters into the game um it would be fantastic to have a little more background on who they are uh because i i genuinely like there's still mysteries that i'm trying to work out with the pirate lord like why are there still three daggers in his back that we know absolutely nothing about 
Um, and I know a lot of this comes down to like, you know, time, uh, when they can tell that story. But uh, it's it's great that you guys introduced Bell. But who who is Bell? <laughs> like, I know who Bell was originally prior to like when the game got launched and that all changed and whatnot. Um, but if you were to ask the average Sea of Thieves player who Bell was, they would say the person that is helping us in the adventures. And that's about as much context as we could we could actually get from from them from that. And I don't blame them because that's all we've really had. Uh, they did say the uh, the the way players interact with these being that they're one time through uh, is 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 important that they that they are looking to try and make these things replayable, and that to, they want to bring back the the gameplay focus. So it's it's them being real set pieces is nice for the narrative uh but them being a one-time playthrough is nice but at least make it something that folks can actually jump back into on a regular basis you know and that is it's it's been a real shame because i mean as as dean had pointed out in the actual podcast uh he did not actually get to finish the final stage in the shrouded spoils um heart of fire trailer or a tall tale arc like he he did not get to complete that adventure. He he ended up quitting it because he was killed uh, and lost like three hours worth of progress. And to not be able to ever go back to complete that, it, it's it's a shame. You know, it's something Falcor and I uh, talked about, and and it was just like it needs to be something that we should be able to have access to. Um, so finding a way to do that, uh, I don't I don't know exactly how. I think it's fine if we have like a side version of this that's like. Kind of like the tall tales where they're their own little bit or even if they're just books that initiate the story uh in the world you know the way if, if they're pulled away from the actual outposts and placed upon certain areas or even if it's just you know if i'm being perfectly honest just put them as something that is uh down in the pirate legend tavern you know I, tons of people not pirate legend but you know if you're there then you can play through it if not you have to work towards hitting pirate legend to be able to do that. Um, little con, you know, probably not everyone's favorite idea, but I think that's definitely a place to keep them. There's a giant bookcase down there. Uh, otherwise we know that thanks to the dark deception, that there is that kind of hidden area underneath Port Merrick that some people knew about, I guess Merrick and the people of golden sands, and Ramsey had like planned for that area to be there. It's super weird that that, that that just happened to be like a little space that they're like, ah, this is our garage. We'll just stick everything that's happened in the Sea of Thieves there because I don't want to drag it all the way down into the Pirate Legend Tavern. Do you realize how many steps that is? Let's just, let's just put it in the garage. There's a garage at the Golden Sands. It's a storage unit. We pay for it. It's fine. We'll just we'll just have it all. Have all the tall tale. Have all the adventure stuff there. It's just it's just easier. If we need it, we can get it. It's quicker access. It makes sense. You know, just park the boat under there, throw it into the rowboat, row the rowboat out. Makes sense. Uh, moving on to hit scan versus projectiles. Um, I put in this question and then I completely forgot about it if I'm being 100% honest. But we had always, like, I'd been talking about this for a while. I'd wanted to know, like, what was going on. It had been well over a year since the uh, team that had been ramped up to do the investigation into hit scan versus projectiles for gun combat in Sea of Thieves 
had commenced. Uh, we were told we were going to be getting an update. They gave us a, a projection of, of, of at least a year before they had any real answers to this. Uh, and the, the question was answered on the podcast. Mike took some time to dive into this to explain basically that they went through the process of determining whether or not they wanted to go through hit scan versus projectile based combat uh hit scan doesn't feel like sea of thieves it feels less like sea of thieves and more like overwatch kind of a, a you know like an idea of you, you you especially with widowmaker you shoot someone and instead of uh instead of waiting for that bullet to actually connect um with the person that you're firing at the game registers where the where the cursor was at the time of of you firing it and then determines whether or not the person that was that you're shooting at is in the cursor at the time that you pulled the trigger and then you know works the works the magic of the servers to determine if it was a hit or not and if it was it instantly registers as opposed to having to wait for an actual projectile and see if these it's all projectile based it's it's designed to kind of feel like actual weapons did back in the day it's a historical kind of period thing um the nice thing about this is a they're not going with hit scan which i prefer I prefer the projectile-based combat. I think it feels more like Sea of Thieves. I'm used to it. I like that. Uh, the other thing was is that when they were playing around with it, they actually discovered a few things that they could do to kind of improve that bullet time and and kind of understand like, okay, we need to kind of make sure that like if you were firing a bullet, that it does hit the intended target when they are in front of you in, on the screen. There's not like that latency and desync with the server based on what you see versus what happens on the other person's screen. So knowing that they're working on that and getting a chance to talk with Mike over at SOT Fest, I know that they're working on bringing some major changes that will help improve combat in the near future. I didn't get a date or a time that that was going to happen. But I know that it's something that they have been building up to and they are getting close to launch with. Uh, so really glad to hear that. Really makes me happy to know that that whole project still yielded results that I think everyone will be happy with because the, al the alternative was to go to hit scan. And honestly, like, you know, bullets to guns, like, I, I just don't like hit scan in a game like Sea of Thieves. The, the amount of damage that bullets do and the time to kill in Sea of Thieves, it really does not leave a lot of opportunity for you to be able to heal between shots. Like you, you have to immediately eat something every time someone hits you with a bullet. Because if you don't top off the amount of time it takes between the flintlock pistol or a blunderbuss or a, a blunder bomb or two snipes, or a snipe and a blundy. There's just, there's not enough time for you to be able to eat or, or do anything outside of eating to survive. So going from projectile to hit scan and allowing for that bullet travel time is really essential to how Sea of Thieves feels when it comes to combat. And I think taking that away would have been a huge mistake for the game. So it's it's so welcoming to hear that they're sticking with projectiles but they've also found a lot of ways to improve that system that they'll going that they're going to be rolling out in the near future 
And that even that includes some of the issues that I have with like double guns as well, too, which is, is nice because right now it does not feel uh, fair in a game where they're trying to make sure that it feels fair. Because right now, sprint cancel animation is something that is significantly easier to do on mouse and keyboard than it is controller. I don't do it because I don't want to get into the habit of that because I don't think that that is the intended desire from the devs like i think that that is breaking something that right now they don't have a fix for and i can't wait to see the tears i will get my bucket ready i can't wait for the tears when people see like if that gets fixed and it gets fixed completely and people can't do sprint cancel animations to swap guns faster i will be so happy and ready to collect those tears i will turn them into the pirate lord get whatever reputation I get out of allegiance or whatever it is more than happy to do that because honestly that that's that's not a skill thing it, it is it's a skill gap but it's not an intended skill gap the intended skill gap should just be how can you play around the space to where you can dodge bullets or or stay away from getting shot or ensure and maybe this is a larger discussion honestly the time to kill in Sea of Thieves is such that you really don't have a whole lot of opportunity. So removing the animation load time between swapping between guns, honestly, it does not like there's nothing you can't eat a pineapple faster. There's no way to eat food faster and have it register. So having that time in between loading guns or or uh, swapping to guns is really pivotal to survivability when it comes to hand-to-hand -to -hand combat something like that and and anyone that wants to argue with me about that you're not going to get you're not going to change my mind so don't, don't even bother with it because i'm set in my ways about that it's not fair and reducing that is, uh, unless someone can can teach me how to eat pineapples faster then i will consider it but so far i've never heard of anyone being able to eat food faster as a result anyway at this and that's honestly that's the point too is, is that people just have to chug bananas like it's some sort of hot dog eating contest and that's it, because you can't guess it you can't trust that they're going to be able to hit you with they're they're not going to be able to hit you with enough damage to be able to cover a mango or a, a pomegranate or something like you just have to eat pineapples in high-end combat because it's the only way to guarantee that you're going to get topped off with enough damage to cover two eye of reach shots within a short amount of time, especially with the way quick scoping works in this. It's just, it's, it's a, it's frustrating. I'm not going to say it's bad or good. I'm going to say it's frustrating to feel that, uh, which, you know, if you, if you guys want, <laughs> if you guys want to hear more grit about that, um, Davram's got a new episode out that I haven't gotten to listen to yet. That is, it's literally just like, hit reg versus uh, <laughs> it's let me read this yeah hit reg update um over on on uh pirate talk radio so it's out there you can definitely get that that kind of information if if that's what you're shooting for um the other thing that i wanted to hit up on this was we got some creator crew updates i'm so happy that christina is working towards updating the creator crew reputation in sea of thieves has been long neglected uh, many people have gotten it without any kind of instruction or guidance on what to do once they get to the top level. It's a good way to kind of give folks something to drive for if they're looking to become a creator uh, in, in Sea of Thieves. Um, but there's 
very little that you can do outside of straight streaming or uploading videos to be considered a creator crew. So Christina, if you have an opportunity, I would love to see what updates come to creator crew to be able to guide creators to what can improve their content. But additionally, what creators outside of just streaming and video can do to, to, to warrant being able to get support from Sea of Thieves. I know it's a tall order, but that it's, it's a hope, right? It's a hope and dream. Uh, next thing they talked about chest of fortune response. How do the, how does the dev team feel about it? Um, since implementation, they like it. They also let us know that there is something, uh, that is coming in, in later in this year that they can talk about that will be another one of these bring people together thing. And I like these because they kind of keep things fresh. Um, they haven't talked about what will change in season 10 that will, um, cause the idea originally was that they wanted to have it at the Fort of Fortune because people would go and they would actually fight over it. And that that location for that chest may change in the future. Uh, I think I'm currently at nine, so I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, if it moves, because I would love to be able to work on getting those by other means other than having to do a Fort of Fortune. I will say, honestly, doing a Fort of Fortune solo, really easy. I actually got to do one, um, gosh, about three days ago, completely uncontested and took me maybe like a half hour. It wasn't bad at all. It was actually really, really quick. Uh, and it made me happy too, because it was like, oh, I forgot these things are all scaled to sloops now. You can totally do like a Ford of Fortune and have it not just absolutely obliterate you to the point where you you get the the battle dragged out so long that you know tons of people come and and just destroy your your hopes and dreams of being able to get this this one chest. Um, so I was I was really happy that that this works. I'm still I'm still trying to get those Ford of Fortune chests. Uh, I think I tried to get one earlier today. Um, with Norwegian, we were thinking about going to do one, but there was a, uh, there was a brig and a sloop in the area and there was someone tucking at the, <laughs> there was someone tucking at the, um, the, uh, the outpost sanctuary outpost, uh, that we were sailing to, to turn in, uh, some of the loot that we'd picked up. Um, and it was just, it was, it was busy. It was over at Keelhalt, which is, you know, it's a good outpost so or a good fort. So I don't blame, I call it an outpost. It's a good fort. So people, I don't blame them for wanting to go fight over that one. Uh, there was a quick question about what will happen in the next year, five years. Like, what do they want to do? It's, it's a good question, but it's one of those that I feel like just kind of falls into the, we have stuff coming and we have no shortage of ideas. I think I've, I've heard that quite a bit, uh, in the past and it's, it's, fairly accurate and stuff. So they are looking to build on the foundations of the hourglass battles as well as captaincy, which is nice, uh, as well as the new feature that's coming with season 10, um, which is good because I think that those need to have attention and, and constantly have small iterations and tweaks to ensure that folks are enjoying that content uh, and that they're not getting stale because that that's usually when a lot of stuff dies in Sea of Thieves. Um, looking at you, uh, message board with um, all of those buried treasures and that system that is completely pointless now. Uh, it's not pointless. It's just not used. And there's no incentive really for folks to use it um, because you're not getting, there's no guarantee of gold. It is genuinely like a thing like you work on it to get the commendations done. Once that's done, 
the only opportunity you really have to do something like that is if you're trying to hide something from someone uh and then you just have to keep the map on your table away from other people from finding it and stuff so interesting to see if anything comes of that maybe it will maybe it won't could do with a refresh or at least an uh a, you know an idea swap up with it get it changed up a little bit all right uh wow this is getting long um the next thing that came up in the podcast is one that i i'm very excited to hear about because so many people i've seen on twitter and and it's not like a huge number but it's enough to where i see it on a regular basis uh constantly begging for anti-cheat and and i say begging because genuinely the game for the most part doesn't need it but there is enough of an issue with hackers uh specifically being able to like teleport onto other people's boats do stuff things like that that it is a, a bigger issue than it has ever been uh and with this podcast episode it was nice to hear from them to talk about like the fact that a they have a zero tolerance policy for cheaters and toxic behavior uh really appreciate that still keep working on it it was nice to hear that the um in-game reporting feature is actually being used and that it's working out well that the, those reports are actually getting followed up on and those those uh bands and stuff are actually you know coming through as a result of, of people actually using that reporting feature so often uh, that kind of thing goes by the wayside but it's nice to see that being used uh long gone are the days where we didn't need to worry about that um they did say that there were a lot of hacks that they've been able to stop and have been able to ban around 4,000 accounts, which I think I talked about in the past. Um, definitely want to talk about how easy it is for people to create new accounts and get into hourglass dives without any prerequisites, allowing hackers to get right back into breaking the experience for both players. Um, I really think, and I've seen some good discussions on this as well, too, in our Discord. I really do think that there needs to be a time gate or a rep gate or both uh, for new players, preventing them from being able to access Hourglass right off the bat. First off, if you're a brand new player, the chances of you being able to engage in Hourglass without any prior knowledge about how the game works, that... <laughs> That is very impressive if someone can pull in and intuitively understand like how the game works and how the game is balanced uh, and jump into a 1v1 fight without any understanding of what Hourglass is. And there have definitely been some places where I've seen people talking about the fact that they have run into Hourglass battles where people have just accidentally gotten into an Hourglass battle. Or, or they're just playing around with it and they don't know what it is and they turn it on and before you know it, they're defending and they get stomped on by a crew going in to fight and they have no understanding and that is a bad experience for them. So I definitely think that and, and to help with hackers in this case <clears throat> that are getting their account bound, banned and are just creating a new account, signing up for a trial of Game Pass and going in and playing during that time to be able to uh, mess with people just because that's what that's what makes them happy um really we need to find a way to add prerequisites to new accounts so that if it's 20 hours that's something that i think you know it's it seems like a lot of time but i you know if you think about it and break it down that's actually not a whole lot of time um based on how long typical see if these sessions go uh and i i think that 
there being a rep gate also as well too you know there are rep gates in the game already like you know it's been forever since i've had to worry about reputation but there are technically uh reputation gates for the um the emissary system like you have to you have to progress a certain amount with the different trade companies before you can actually become an emissary for them i don't see that in hourglass and i think that could be a good fix as well too um or maybe a little bit of both like maybe you have to get a certain reputation with the different factions but it has to be after a certain amount of time that way it isn't something like they can just let an account run uh in idle for a certain amount of time they actually have to go out and get reputation but it isn't like they can't just use a hack to award themselves reputation they have to have a certain amount of time as well to on the account before they can get into dives anything that they that that rare can do to slow down them being able to get right back into it um i think would be tremendous for the game um i think it would be a lot better for it uh one of the things that i wanted to touch on with this is xbox is actually starting to release into the alpha skip ahead rings um for their beta tests and stuff they're going to be releasing an Xbox voice reporting system. So the Xbox reporting system is a reactive voice reporting on Xbox that is designed to be quick and easy to use with minimal impact to gameplay. Uh, the feature is designed so players can capture quickly and jump back into their gameplay and finalize the report when their game is over. Players have full control. You choose what to capture and report. Our, features is, our feature is designed so that only you, the player, can initiate the capture of the last 60 seconds of gameplay activity that occurred for content moderation purposes. While this feature works similarly to how you'd capture a game video, any captured clips using the voice moderation feature are only for content moderation purposes. They will not appear in your recent captures and clips cannot be downloaded, modified, or shared. Only you have access to the clip until you submit it with your report. Xbox is not saving or uploading any voice clips without you, the player, choosing to start the reporting process. The clip lives on your console for 24 hours on or 24 online hours, giving you the flexibility to either submit immediately or wait until you're ready. Will also or they will also send you a reminder to report if you haven't completed one within 24 hour online period. If you decide not to report, the clip will be erased from your console automatically. And they've also made updates to their notification system uh, for features to so that players that submitted the report will get a notification about whether or not Xbox took action on the report submitted. This is huge for people. This is going to hopefully quell a lot of the toxic behavior that you see in games. This won't be a fix for hackers in Sea of Thieves, as far as I know, this is, this is just for voice toxicity. Uh, the fact that this is going to be an operating system level feature is fantastic. It means that it doesn't matter what game you're playing, they'll be able to capture the in-game audio from what people are saying in game you'll be able to report on that and they will take action and notify you it doesn't impact 
how much storage you have on your Xbox uh, on or your online Xbox because it stays on the Xbox. It gets deleted 24 hours after uh, after it's been clipped, whether you've whether you put in the report or not. I love this. I think this is a, a great way to help kind of reset the culture, reset the expectation of what it is to play online. So many people hide behind anonymity and use uh, slurs, um, verbal abuse to try and degrade and take down other people because that's how they they have learned. It's a learned behavior. It's learned that it's acceptable um, because there's no repercussions. Adding this feature in will allow people to have the tools necessary to go on the uh, the attack when it comes to dealing with this. And the fact that it, you don't have to do it like right away, you don't have to stop your gameplay uh, to do it. You just have to capture it. You can deal with it later. If it's affected you and you need time to cope with that, you need to be able to process that and come to a better mental state, then they give you the 24 online hours to be able to report that. Great, I love that. And I love that they aren't uh, uh, hindering people from being able to use this um in any game that's just it's fantastic it's going to do a lot for sea of thieves um but i'm really really interested to see what other areas of gameplay is this going to or other what other areas of the xbox like games that you can play is this going to be um useful because it's not just it's not just the opposition it's not just the people that you're fighting against it could also be something within the party that you have too uh so just be aware that it's out there. It's coming in the future. I'm looking forward to seeing how this is getting implemented. And honestly, it, if you're being good, if you're being nice, then you don't have anything to worry about. Like if you're not being a jerk about things, then you're fine. It's everyone else that that you want to make sure that you don't have to you don't have to deal with them in the future. And, and, and I, I appreciate that a lot. All right, so last item on today's docket. I know it's a long episode, but we have to cover the video that came out. It was the Sea of Thieves news video. Of course, we were greeted by John McMurtry to talk about some of the things that are coming that are time sensitive. I know I normally like to get this stuff out at the beginning so that you know about it, um, but at least maybe this way, if I put it at the end, it's easier to remember. You don't forget about it because there was so much else going on in the rest of the episode. So between July 28th and July 31st, you can pick up the Eastern Winds Ruby equipment. This is the Lantern the shovel, the speaking trumpet, and the bucket. Those are available for Twitch drops. Again, it's probably going to be four hours, one hour per item that you have to claim before you can start the next hour. Uh, as always, I recommend having either BTTV installed on your Chrome browser or your browser or automatic Twitch uh, extension enabled so that you can put up a stream from one of the other partnered streamers and make sure that you all are able to get those drops. Uh, easily without having to think about it or worry too much about it. Additionally, if you are a Game Pass Ultimate member, you have access to Game Pass perks and you can obtain the Obsidian Banjo, a very hard to get item. You can also get the Obsidian Compass, which was originally released uh, through the Oreo cookie, or no, the Chips Ahoy cookie deal in the States, um, and the Obsidian Ship Hull. Now, if you don't know, I have been given a couple of codes from community members. So I want to shout out Xbox Mike 29 for giving me 
one of his codes. I don't know if he has multiple or not, but he gave me one of the codes to be able to give away. I'm doing that right now. So I hope you're listening. You can access this at redeem.microsoft.com. The code is 9-W-T-G-2-K-7-X-K-M-3-9-Y-Q-G-P-2-R-3-K-G-M-F. FZ. Good luck to all of you that are out there listening to this or watching it. Hopefully you will get that code. Additionally, there is new Emporium content that is coming July 20th and it covers the Monkey Island content. This is the first tall tale. We're going to be getting some stuff from the Monkey Island franchise. It is kicking off with the LeChuck Legacy Ship Collection. It looks fantastic. I'm going to I'm not going to lie. It also has a LeChuck costume set which looks pretty good. I'm not quite sold on the beard and the lack of red glowing eyes is a, a bit of a miss for me, but obviously with LeChuck, he is going to have his own model in game. They want to give you something close to that, but they don't want to really give you like the main the full thing. So obviously it's going to look better on bigger pirates. Um but I understand like it's it's not quite on par with what the in-game model for LeChuck looks like. I don't know if they're legal or, or, or um, maybe techn- technical constraints tied to this. Uh, they also have LeChuck weapon bundle that is coming out. Doesn't look too impressive to me. I think I'm going to pass on that one. They also have the Melee Island uh, painting bundle, which has a uh, guy brush and uh, 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 Elaine. I think it was uh, Marley. It's got Marley in it. Um, God, I feel like I should be scrubbing through this right now, but it's got a few of the different main things from, uh, monkey Island in that bundle. Uh, let's see, there is a spin and shoot em emote that's coming as well, where you do a little pirouette and then you do the finger guns. Love it. Classic. Uh, there's also a pocket seagull emote, which is fantastic. I, I really like this emote. It's um, definitely a step up from the crab and rat emotes that we got early on. Uh, interesting take, honestly, to see them adding like um, birds or animals to the emote section. I'm, I'm cool with it. I just really was surprised that this is a, a thing that they're working on. Um, but it looks great. looks fantastic. Uh, I hope that we get one that includes bats in the future because I actually really like the bats that we have in Sea of Thieves. You only ever see them really in the wilds uh, for the most part. And uh, yeah, that's all coming on July 20th with the first Tall Tale. So as a recording, it's going to be four days from now. It's coming up on this Thursday. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. I think it'll be really fun to be able to see all of this stuff. Oh, I forgot about the um, the Piranha Poodle that is coming. It's a new pet. It's a dog. It's a poodle. I feel like that's explanatory, but or, or, or you know, uh, not explanatory, pff, whatever the heck that is. Uh, that is is um, kind of understood. I don't. I can't even think of what the word I'm trying to go for right now is, but you guys know me. Uh, the piranha poodle is a good reference to Monkey Island. It's fantastic. I just played through the first one up for like the first seventy five percent, and uh, had to figure it out. Turns out you gotta you gotta turn the you gotta make the poodle sleep. <laughs> not kill them you're not poisoning the poodles you have to get them to fall asleep uh but i had a really good time working that out so seeing them in game really fun i love that they're doing this i imagine that Guybrush um and marley are going to be coming as costumes in the future 
probably when they release the next set of tall tales obviously we're going to be getting one hopefully later half of tall t- of uh, august and then shooting for this is one of the other things i talked to mike about at sea of fest they're shooting for talk like a pirate day for the third tall tale as it's a it's a roadmap it's it's a thing like you know hey it's not set in stone so don't don't come at people if it doesn't hit that but i think they're shooting for that if i take a look at the calendar uh let's see september 19th that's a tuesday so realistically i would shoot for the 21st i think international talk like a pirate day they'll just make it a whole week celebration they'll probably do some uh drops they'll probably do some uh events or something going on uh maybe like a golden glory weekend either the 16th and the 17th or maybe through like the 23rd or the 24th um but the last tall tale I imagine that'll probably hit on the 21st if they can manage. Uh, and that'll kind of culminate all of all three of the main tall tales for the Monkey Island uh, uh, kind of legends of the Monkey Island story that they want to tell. And then I would not be surprised if come like mid-August, we get uh, an adventure that talks about like the the rest of the Dark Deception stuff or the final chapter of the briggsy story like I, I that's kind of where I'm, I'm assuming stuff is going to actually show up um but overall really excited to see this pirate emporium stuff i'm probably going to hold off on some of this stuff uh because i just i just bought a whole stu- a whole bunch of stuff out of the pirate emporium and uh honestly like the the poodle's good but the the pets i don't really get the pets out too much do you guys get pets out a lot i feel like i don't get a whole lot of my pets out from time to time so i'm wondering if anyone actually does that for for uh, all intents and purposes if like they're they're constantly thinking about like oh i need to get my pet out um but yeah hopefully folks are having a good time with that i'm trying to see if there were any other things that i need to share i think that is pretty much it i'm digging through i think that oh, oh wait 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 i almost forgot i got emails let's talk about emails Oh, you thought I was going to talk about emails. Well, guess what? You're wrong because I got myself another code for Obsidian Cosmetics. This one comes to us thanks to Trickster, part of the Discord, part of the Patreons who have been supporting for a very long time everywhere. Uh, Trickster gave in this code. So if you want to go again, I'm pretty sure redeem.microsoft.com. Make sure you log into your account and get ready for this code because it is y 9 T. Q R T H K J six seven Q R Y X F M V seven G F X H three Z. Good luck on the code on the code there. Hopefully you guys get it. Uh, I did want to get into the actual um, emails because I did get a, a an email from someone that reached out to me very kind of them uh they wrote in says uh ahoy captain captain jolly rogers one here just wanted to say how much i enjoy your podcast i don't typically enjoy solo podcasts however there is something different about yours it keeps me engaged hanging on to every word and it keeps me excited to get home 
from work and play apps again absolutely love the podcast and hope to maybe one day run into you on the sea of thieves much love and long live the keelhauled podcast p.s i've included a screenshot of my ship in case you'd be interested in checking it out uh and it is the guts of angels the feared captain by jolly rogers one it has got the davy jones livery set it looks fantastic uh glad to see that you guys are having a good time out there thank you for your email uh, i know you sent in a couple but that being the most recent i wanted to make sure i got that in on the podcast um, i did get an email as well from another listener who had a really really good suggestion uh for the upcoming sea of thieves fest um i thought about it and honestly uh i i i did want to i did want to do something like what they were suggesting as far as like having uh, uh people come up with um, different tips and things like that or uh favorite moments from the podcast it's it's still i'm still trying to figure out like what i want to do if i ever do like the uh the live xbox or the live um what's it called the uh the the live recordings anymore because it's still very fresh i mean i've only ever done two um i had a lot of thought about what i was hoping to do in the future with those but not sure when i'd actually get to have that opportunity so for the most part i just wanted to make sure that i recorded something for folks uh at the time that i was actually there um just to make sure you had something to listen to that was the main thing is i just want to make sure you guys had something to listen to um so you weren't missing out on a week's worth of content but thank you for writing that in it was a very well written email and had really good ideas that I just, I did not capitalize on just because of time and stuff. So I appreciate it. Um, definitely, if you guys have any questions, concerns, comments, things you want to share with me, always free to send those over to the Keelhauled email. That's just C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. If you want to reach me on Twitter, it's C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can also uh, sign up or, or not sign up, um, send anything to at uh, Keelhauled pod over on twitter as well too there's a specific account just for keel hauled podcast um i always read those as well too or in the discord too there's a lot of folks that are in the discord um great way to meet up uh shout out to norwegian who helped uh get me my my first uh hunter of the shrouded ghost kill um hit me up on discord and was just like hey it's the shrouded ghost and i was like <laughs> that's funny and he's like no really it's it's the shrouded ghost and i'm like oh, oh okay all right well i'm booting up the game now um and i booted up pc and i was like i really hope this isn't uh an xbox only <laughs> server and he's like it is it is indeed an xbox only server and i was like oh god so i had to boot up the xbox uh managed to get in there uh he was playing on a one x and uh if any of you have been playing on a one x you know it, it's a little rough it's uh it's a little rough there with the frame rate and stuff so um able to help Kill the Shrouded Ghost, amazing experience. It reminds me of uh, Shrouded Deep, actually, just how epic it is. Has music, didn't realize that. Didn't know that the uh, Shrouded Ghost has special music that comes with the actual popping up and whatnot. So you you will most definitely know if you've got the music turned up, you will most definitely know if it is the Shrouded Ghost anytime a Meg pops up. But thank you to Norwegian for uh, inviting me, for thinking about me uh, when it came to that stuff. Never probably would have found the Shrouded Ghost without help from the community so if you want to be a part of that community definitely head over to the show notes it's a link for the discord join up read the rules you'll see uh exactly how i like to have things run in the discord i like to keep it family friendly because i want to make sure that if folks come in they can uh, rest assured that i'm not going to deal with any kind of um junk in there like it's just it's no no bs it's all just 
there to be friends, have fun, play Sea of Thieves, Diablo 4, Fall Guys, whatever you guys want to play. There's a there's a place for it in the Discord. Happy to have anyone show up, especially if you're a fan of Sea of Thieves. And uh, definitely a good way to share news about the game. Talk about uh, discussions that we're having as far as like hit registration, PvP, uh, adventures, lore, any of that stuff. More than welcome to have folks jump in. There's also the Sherpa program too. So if you are fresh to the game, you need help, you want to have an understanding of what's going on, you want to be uh, aware of the issues that could come up, Sherpas are available. They will help take you onto a boat. They will give you a bit of an idea of what's going on and make sure that um, you are taken care of so that you don't have to to worry about trying to figure things out in open crew because that is not the experience you want to have. Outside of that, um, I think that's it. So Pirates, thanks for for uh, bearing with me with a little bit longer episode. There's a lot I wanted to talk to. I feel so much more comfortable sitting at my computer and having like my microphone and my monitors and stuff and my ma- having a mouse. Oh my gosh. Having to edit a podcast with a trackpad. Whew. I don't wish that on anyone. So uh, happy to be home. Happy to be looking forward to the next few weeks worth of Sea of Thieves. I'm going to be trying to get uh, touches in, in touch with uh, the the um, creators that I talked to from Festa Legends as well as Sea of Thieves. See if I can start scheduling out some of those interviews because I definitely want to get in touch with um, some folks so that they can talk about Sea of Thieves, what their experience is, what, how they got into Sea of Thieves, why are they streaming, uh, why they think being a pirate is better than being a ninja. It's a very important question. So with that, Pirates, thank you. I love you and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.